This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, this is a great day to be connected with God. Amen. Amen. This is a great day. Listen, I want to just welcome you once again, say good morning, and uh, welcome you to our, our, our live stream uh, worship service this morning by way of our, our, our page. You can go to our page and also by joining us through Facebook. We're glad you're here today. You know, as Lori mentioned, you know, our method has changed because of the circumstance. But the thing about it is our message has remained the same. Our message will not change. You know, uh, uh, Jesus is still the Lord, and that's not going to change no matter what the circumstance is, uh, is around us. Matter of fact, Philippians 2, 9 through 11 tells us this, therefore God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, uh, uh, those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God our Father. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, amen? So our message is not gonna change. We're gonna continue to stand strong in Christ. But listen, for the past uh, few weeks, we've been, uh, I've been sharing from our new message series called Ready, Set, Go. I mean, I, we were just enjoying this message series, and uh, the main text is coming from Mark 16, 15. And of course, that text says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every creature. I refer to this, uh, uh, this passage of Scripture as the believer's starting gun. See, that's the, uh, we've been already given the start. We already, you know, the gun has been sounded, and it's time for us to go. Jesus made it so plain. He, when he called and commissioned us, he told us to go. He told us that, that, that the fields are white for harvest. It's time for action, and it's time for the body of Christ to go into the fields. So hopefully you're going to join us as we run. You know, everybody that's, that names Jesus as Lord and Savior, we all should be on the track running now to the fields that is white for harvest. Last week we started, uh, uh, we focused on getting set. We had already done ready, and we, last week we began talking about getting set, um, and we're going to continue that today. It was five points, so we did three last week. We're going to do the other two um, this week. But remember, we talked about last week that, that once the runner gets set, you know, the greatest thing that he has to do is he has to focus in on what he's doing at that moment. His focus is so critical at that point. It doesn't matter who's beside him. It doesn't matter what's going on around him. There could be people moving. There could be people doing other things, you know, with uh, long jump, triple jumps, high jumps. All those type pole vaults are happening while they're in, you know, in that set position. 
Even, even having uh, uh, people in the audience, I mean, out there in the stands, encouraging them, calling their names and cheering them on. You know how parents do when the kids are about to, to, to do something. You know, they're just encouraging them and calling them. But even at that moment, the greatest thing, the most critical thing is them focusing in on the starter. Because they have to have laser focus because in a few seconds after they get set, that starter's going to fire that gun which means now it's time for them to power out of their blocks and begin to run their race. Now, as the body of Christ, we have to have laser focus as well. See, while we're out there running the race that God has called us to, there's a whole lot of stuff going on around us. You know, there are winds blowing and there are waves crashing. You know, there are the, the things that come and hit us in life. You know, there are the trials of life and all types of stuff happens all around us. But it is just like the runner who's in the blocks and has now gotten set to run the race. We have to do the same thing. We have to be in our set position and we have to be laser focused on God. Laser focused on the call and the commission that we are about to run. And so, listen, last week we started talking about Peter. Peter, the apostle Peter, he gave us five steps that if we focus on these steps, you can guarantee that you will have laser focus. So if you would turn with me to 1 Peter um, chapter 1, back to verses 13 through 16. And it reads, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Within this text, Peter did, he gave us five things that will help us. And just to recap, we're going to recap the three that we talked about last week about getting set to go. And the first thing was to get your mind right. The second was to exercise self-control. And the third one was to hope in grace. Now, to break it way down, remember, we started talking about getting your mind right. We, we learned that to, you got to get, you know, you got to get rid of your stinking thinking. You got to get rid of all those thoughts that just cloud your mind and, and, and pollute your mind so that you can't run the race and you can't stay focused in as you need to, to do the things that God has called you to. You got to deal with the loose ends. You know, we always got some loose ends, some things that we need to tie up, gird up. You know, we got emotions, we got feelings, we got things that affect us. But we got to learn how to gird those things up, tie them up so that they won't get in our way and cause us to stumble. We got to correct the parts of our thought that causes us to stumble, things that pollute our mind. You know, sometimes the enemy just drops thoughts in your mind. You have to be able to push that stuff out. You got to be able to command those thoughts to, to get out of your mind so that you can keep your focus on. Christ. You got to grab hold to those dangling thoughts. You know, sometimes stuff just lingers around. You know, you've experienced something. It's something that you're going through. It's some hurt. It's some pain. Something you just don't want to let go or you feel like you can't let go. You got to learn how to get that stuff out of the way. Because what those things would do, just like the long tunic that hangs around the, uh, the, that hangs around the feet of those who wore them back in that day, when they began trying to do something that, that causes them to move quickly, if they didn't tie those, 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 that tunic up around and gird it up around their waist, it could cause them to stumble 
And the same thing is for us as believers, we've got to get the stinking thinking out of our mind so that we won't stumble. Now that we get our mind right, we had to focus on exercise and self-control. I mean, we talked about last week when the runner gets in that set position. See, he got to be still. He has to be ready, focused in. He can't be twitching and moving and leaning and, and jerking because what that will do is cause him to false start and he'll get disqualified. And so we have to do the same thing. So what are you saying, Pastor Charles? What does it mean to exercise self-control? You need to ask yourself, how I'm living? How am I living? You need to ask yourself that. See, it's easy sometimes to see how other people are living, but we need to ask our own self, how am I living? Why? Because our effectiveness as a witness is going to depend on the conduct that is seen. You know, people, I always tell our body, you know, the congregation at Bethlehem, somebody's always watching you. I don't care where you are, what you're doing, what time of day it is, what time of night it is, somebody is always watching watching. And so you have to make sure that your conduct is always in a way that's going to please God and it's going to be in a way that represents God because he is the one who we are to be imitating. We're supposed to be imitators of Christ. That's why we are called disciples of Christ. We're supposed to be like him. We're supposed to act like him. We're supposed to talk like him. We're supposed to think like him, be like him, feel like him, respond like him. And definitely whenever we go out, we're supposed to represent him. Then we closed last week talking about the hope in grace. That means our hope. What is our hope? Our hope is looking to Jesus. See, Jesus is our hope. And see, the thing about it is that we, we find stability and we find everything that we need in him. We find security in his grace. The grace that came when Jesus gave his life. See, grace now came to us, and we now have this grace. That's the thing that we can walk in. The Bible tells us that uh, uh, the grace, his grace is sufficient for everything in our lives. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what you're going through. His grace is sufficient. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. It doesn't matter what's happened. Even right now in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, the, 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 the grace of Christ is still sufficient for each of us to hold on to and to be able to walk through this circumstance. So I would encourage you to grab hold to the grace and then walk in the hope that comes along with it. See, they're, they're just right there together, hope and grace. We can grab to those, hold to those things, and we can walk through, and we're going to come out on the other side all right. Amen? And so, now, now, the other thing about grace and this hope, it's not about us. It's not about what we can do. This is about, about what God can do and what he will do through us and in us. And then he will work through us. It's not about our strength. See, our strength is weak. See, we'll fall, we'll, we'll fail, we'll fall short. But God's strength will never fall short. His strength will never wane. His strength will never come up short. He will never get tired. He will always be victorious. And so we can walk in that same victory if we are walking in the hope in his grace. So that, those are the three points we covered last week. So I got two more points that we're going to cover this week that will help us to stay laser-focused as we get set to go. And I'm going to move right into them. The first one is this. We have to keep his commandments. Now, if you look back at verse 14, uh, it says this, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. As obedient 
children. So we got to understand something. See, when we, we get into our set position, we're talking about the believer now, the, 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 the laborer, the, the one who's, who's called out in commission. That means that we've been set apart. See, we're not like the world. See, we're set apart for a work of Christ. See, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so we don't act like them. See, what the Scripture is telling us, we, we can't do the things that we used to do. We can't be the way we used to be. We can't act the way we used to act. We can't talk the way we used to talk because we've been changed. See, we don't live that way any longer. And so we have to understand that, that God's word will guide us so that we won't have to be what we were. We realize what we were. We can testify to what we used to be. But that's just a testimony to what God has done now. And we can stand on who we are today based on the grace of God and say, hey, I'm changed. I'm the new creation that God said I will be in his word. And so keeping his commandments means that we're going to be obedient. See, you got to study his word and you have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to obey your word. See, we can't just read his word and then do what we want to do. See, we're talking about keeping his commandments. We're talking about allowing his word to come in and allowing his word to begin to transform our life, our thinking, our desires. Everything about us begins to change because of the word of God. So, Pastor, what does that mean? That means you just don't become hearers. You can't just be a hearer of the word, but you have to now be a doer of the word. See, we hear the word all the time. You know, you can, you can turn it on. You can turn it on to your, on your phone. You can turn on a TV channel and somebody is preaching. You can come to a service and you can hear. But hearing is not enough. See, you have to begin to allow the word of God to get into your heart, which is going to bring about a change. And that change will be in what's going to be seen after the word of God has come and affected your life. You're going to be different. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 119, 9 through 11. He says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Talking about God's word. How am I going to cleanse my way? How am I going to walk this path? I got to let your word do that in my life. I got to take heed to your word. I have to be obedient to your word. It goes on to say, with my whole heart have I sought you. That means that, look, there's nothing in this world that I'm putting before seeking God. There's nothing in this world that I'm going to put before getting into his word and letting it begin to change my life. And it goes on to say this, oh, let me not wander from your commandments. That means he's going to be obedient. I'm going to know what your commandments are, God, and I'm going to follow every one of your commandments. I'm going to be obedient. And he goes on, he says this, we say it all the time, your word have I hid in my heart uh, that I might not sin against you. See, he not only read the word of God, but he allowed the word of God to come into his heart and take a place in his heart. See, it wasn't just a passing moment where he just called out some words, but the word of God began to impact his life and change his life and become a part of him. So he could rely on it. He could call it back up. He could bring it back to mind. See, the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance the things that you have read. But if you have not put anything into your heart, God can't pull anything back up out of your heart. But if you put it in there, when you need it, he will reveal it to you and allow you to be able to use it for whatever you're going through in, in your life. See, it's through our obedience to his word that we show that we love God. God told us if you love him, that we will keep his commandments. See, you can't say I love God and you're living all kind of ways and you're doing all kind of stuff. You're doing things the way you want to. You only love him on Sundays. No, you got to love him every day of the year, 24-7. You have to love God and you show your love 
by being obedient to his word. And then what happens? When we do that, we give God glory because our life is going to represent him. And when we give God glory, guess what happens? That he turns around and blesses us. And I don't know about you, but I want to receive the blessings of God in my life. I want to be blessed of God because there's nothing that no man can bless me the way God can. See, no man can, can, can guarantee me eternal life. There's no man who, 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 hey, who, who, can, who can guarantee that I'll have a mansion, a mansion in the sky that will last for eternity. It won't get rusty. The wood won't start to rot. You know, the bricks won't turn color. You know, I ain't got to worry about whether I got to power wash it. I ain't got to worry about having to, 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 to pay rent or pay mortgage and, and keep the lights on because the light that's going to be shining is going to be the light of Christ. And that's going to be a mansion that's going to last for eternity a time that you can't even define. And so I don't know about you, but I encourage you to do the same. Look what it says in John 14, 21. Jesus said this. He said this. This is Jesus. He said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, then it is he who loves me. See, Jesus even said it. Look, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. So you're going to do the things that I tell you to do. And see, as believers, we're supposed to do it. While we're running this race, we have to be obedient to him. We have to do the things that he's called us to do. And sometimes it's going to stretch us. Sometimes it's going to press us. Sometimes it's going to make us have to get outside of our comfort zone. But yet and still, we still have to be obedient to his word. He goes on to say this, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. See, listen, we love Jesus. We be obedient to his word. I mean, the Father just heaps love down on top of us. It's nothing like the love of the Father. See, we have to understand the Father that we're talking about is the Father who sent the Son to redeem us back even after we failed. So that's a love beyond our comprehension. It's a love that we don't even deserve, but it's a love that he continues to give to us. And it goes on to say this, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Sometimes we're looking for Jesus. We're looking for God. God, where are you? Lord, why don't you show up? God, I need you in my circumstance. And all he's saying is this, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments and that'll show me that you love me. And he said in his word that if you do that, I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to manifest myself to you. And you know what? Jesus is not a man that he can lie. He's not going to renege on the things that he said. If he said he's going to manifest himself, if we show love toward him, and if we be obedient to his word, you can trust in that and know that it's going to happen in your life. But it's a choice. We have to make a choice. God has the power to control us. He has the power to come down and take us over. But he doesn't want robots. See, he, he doesn't want us to, to, be, to be programmed and controlled, you know. He wants us to, 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 to be able to do it because of our free will, because we love him, because we want to have a relationship with him. And so we have to make a choice to love him. But I tell you what, if you do make that choice, you won't regret it because God will bless your life beyond measure. You won't even be able to, under, you won't even do it. Look back sometime and say, man, what, how did I get from there to here? How, 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 did I, how did I rise up to this place? Well, it's because of the blessings of God that he will pour upon your life because you're doing the things that he has commanded you to do. And that brings me for the final step that, that Apostle Peter told you was only two. The final step that he, he gave us to, to get set to go, and that is this. We have to pursue holiness. Uh-oh, there we go. That's the tough one right there. You mean I got to be holy? Yes, you do. You got to be holy 
Matter of fact, you not only have to be holy, you got to pursue holiness. It's something that you have to chase after. It's something you have to desire uh, above anything else that's going on in your life. You have to understand this. There's a constant battle going on in your life. See, every day the flesh is fighting against your spirit. And see, whatever one that you begin to edify, whichever one you begin to, to, to take time with, that's the one that's going to grow. So if you're edifying your flesh, don't look to be a spiritual person because your spirit is going to be weak. But if you, if you edify your spirit, that flesh will come under subjection. You'll be able to tell that flesh what to do. You'll be able to tell that flesh what not to do. And you definitely will tell the flesh what I ain't going to do because I'm living by the spirit today. And so I would encourage you to pursue Holiness. You don't have to do this on your own. See, God has given us some power that we, uh, didn't, that man can't create. Man didn't manufacture this power. Man can't control this power. He can't give it to anybody. It comes from on high. And I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how we're able to do that. That's how we're able to walk in holiness. That's how we're able to do that. But you have to continue to press into the God kind of life. See, you're talking about representing him and living like him and being like him. And the only way you're going to do that, you got to press into him. See, holiness should be uh, what we desire to be our character and our conduct. We should want to be holy because we're representing the Holy One. And so and if we're walking, in, in, in walking with him, we have to be like him. See, he can't come alongside of us and walk with us and be in us if we're not living like him. Look back at the text today, 1 Peter uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 15 through 16. It says this, but as he who called you is holy, God is holy. He's the one that called us. You also be holy in all your conduct. Notice this word says all of your conduct, not some of your conduct. It didn't say just be holy on Sundays. It's talking about being holy every day. Holy when you're at home by yourself. Holy when nobody's watching you. Holy when you got your, 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 your phone or your computer in your hand and nobody knows what you're going to, but you're going to be holy. The Holy Spirit's going to keep you in line. And when you have an opportunity to do something that the enemy has laid before you, oh no, oh no, no enemy, I'm going to be holy. Uh, you get behind me, Satan. We're going to cast you out every thought and everything that you try to bring. We cast it out. See, you have to desire to be holy because he is holy. It can't get any plainer than that. It's just like a runner. See, when a runner uh, uh, gets in his set motion and when he begins to run, he has to stay in a lane. See, and if he gets out of his lane, he, he can get disqualified. And it's the same thing for us. See, we have a lane we got to run in. Our lane is called holiness. It's a lane that, oh, we just can stay in that holy lane and everything is going to be all right. We're representing Christ. But when we get outside of the holiness lane, then we disqualify ourselves from the blessings of God. Because we have to be like him to receive the blessings that he wants to put in our life and on our life. So in the race, it's two things. And I'm, I'm almost done. There are two things that are the worst things that can happen to a runner when he's in a race. The first one is what I just talked about, running out of your lane. See, because if a runner runs out of his lane, he's going to get disqualified. See, in the racing world, it's called DQ'd. So you get disqualified, that means that and I don't care how great a runner you are, how great your time is, had been, how much you did when you did your prelims and all the things that took place before you got to that final race. If you run out of your lane, you're going to get disqualified. They're not going to say, oh, we're going to let them slide this time. No, you get disqualified. And the other thing is to drop the baton. 
See, you're running a race and you drop the baton, that thing gonna hit the ground. See, batons are real light. I don't know if you ever had one in your hand before, but it looks, it's a piece of metal, but it is so light. And, and it's, it has the, it's open, it's aerodynamics. And when you're running, the air just flows through it so it doesn't hold you back at all. But if you drop that baton, that thing bounce all over the place. And remember that if you drop your baton, everybody else is still running. And guess what? It's gonna be very hard for you to catch up. It's gonna be hard. And so the body of Christ, we got to do the same thing. We have to know, we have to stay in our lane. We have to understand the race that we are running. See, because we don't want to, to, to step out of the lane and get disqualified. And we definitely don't want to drop our baton. See, we got to understand why we are running the race that we are running. See, we're running this race for the sake of the gospel. See, we're just not running this race uh, just to get a prize. Oh, yeah, we do get a prize. But we're running the race because of the sake of the gospel. We're running this race to bring those that are lost into the kingdom. We're trying to bring those that are in darkness into light. So we have an important race to run. It's no time for us to run out of our lanes and get disqualified. It's no time for us to be dropping the baton and, and, and people are, and the world is running past us and we are the ones who's supposed to be out there bringing the darkness to the light. We don't want to be left behind because we done dropped our baton. We don't want to do that. And the only thing that can keep us from running out of our lane and dropping our baton is living holy. It's living holy. First Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, the apostle Paul said this, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Everybody's running, but one receives the prize. Goes on to say, run in such a way that you may obtain it. For everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown but we for an imperishable crown. It goes on to say, therefore, I run thus. This is Paul, not with uncertainty. See, we don't run with uncertainty. We know who we're running for. You have to understand the race that you're in. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. See, that's the last thing we want to do is get ourselves disqualified. We're supposed to be the ones that's going out leading the way. And so we have to make this race, you know, we have to make it our business to live this life in holiness. So we, we got to stay in our lane and we have to pursue holiness. Hebrews 12, 14 says it this way. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no man shall see God. Why is that? See, we got to be holy if we want to see God. You can't see, you're not going to see God if you're not holy. You're not going to be able to dwell with him for eternity if you don't live your life holy. If you don't set yourself apart and live it the way he has called you to live. See, the thing you have to understand about a race is that when the runner is running, the one who has the baton, I'm talking about they'll pass this baton three times now because there's four people running, and the last person is called the ankle leg. Now, when the ankle leg is coming down the home stretch and coming to the finish line, he better have that baton in his hand because if he comes across the line, even if he comes first and he doesn't have the baton, he's going to be disqualified. But see, I, 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 most of the time when the batons are dropped, it's because somebody gets out too early, somebody gets anxious, and somebody uh, begins to run before their time, and they get almost in their zone, and the other person is trying to catch up, and so the exchange is not right. 
And so the baton gets dropped. Very seldom you see a person drop the baton while they're running. Most of the time it's doing the exchange. But I'm here to tell you today as the body of Christ, we don't have to worry about the baton being dropped. With the first three legs, we know for sure the baton is not going to be dropped. Why you say that, Pastor Charles? Well, let me tell you. I'm going to tell you about our team. See, we got four people on the team on this relay race, that we'll run this relay team. And the first one is God the Father. See, God the Father is the lead runner. He's the one. He, he, he's our all in all. He's our, the omniscient one. He's the omnipotent one. He's the sovereign God. And so he took the baton and he began to run. When he created all this stuff, he created the earth. When he decided that he was going to send Christ uh, to, to redeem us back, he, he did all these things. And guess what? It's nothing our God doesn't do well because he, he's the greatest. There's nobody like him. There's no one that can compare to our God. So our God started out, and then he turned, and he handed the baton off to Jesus, and Jesus took the baton. Oh, he wasn't going to drop the baton. Jesus said, oh, yes, I'm going to fulfill the will of the Father. I'm going to be uh, the Lord of Lords. I'm going to be the Savior of the world. I'm going to go, and I'm going to give my life. I'm going to do the things to redeem man back to the Father, and so that they can, too, join with me and be heirs and join heirs uh, to end this thing called heaven and living with the Father. Oh, he handed it to him, and Jesus ran well. Oh, yeah, it was a tough race, but he did not give up. And guess what? In the end, he was victorious. And oh, what did he do? Oh, he handed the baton to the Holy Spirit. Guess what? The Holy Spirit ain't going to drop the baton either. See, Jesus said, after I'm gone, I got one that's going to come behind you. And not only is he going to come, but he's going to be with you. He's not one that's going to come and then leave, but he's going to walk with you. See, he's the paraclete. He's my friend. He's my comforter. He's the power from on high. And so now the Holy Spirit got the baton, and he's coming down. And guess what? He's going to hand it off to us. Now, we take that baton from the Holy Spirit. Not only is he handing us the baton, but he said, oh, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to come alongside of you. I'm going to help you go across this finish line. All you got to do is just stay in my power. Don't try to do it in your own power because you're going to fail in your power. But if my power will not fail, and you're going to cross the line victorious. Hallelujah. Not in our strength, but in the strength that comes from him. We got help. See, we don't have to run the race by ourselves. See, even though we start out in the, in the blocks by yourself, you're not by yourself because you got the power of God running right alongside of you. Jesus said this. He said, the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So when we go out there, we don't have to worry about it on our own because he's going to bring it back to us. See, we're going to cross the finish line. We're going to cross the finish line victorious, not in our might, not in our own power, but in the power that comes from God. Our victory is guaranteed. Guaranteed. And as I get ready to close, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 sums it up this way. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. It's important that we get rid of all the junk, all of our stinking thinking, all of our, our, the stuff that gets in the way, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We're in the blocks. The starter is Jesus. He's raised the starter gun. 
It's time for us to keep our focus on him. It's time for us to go and to run this race. In Jesus' name. Did you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you, God, today. And we thank you, God, that you have, have given us direction, God, and how to, to be set, Lord, to, to run the race that you have called us to. Lord, that we have to have our minds focused on you. And God, we have to live our life in a way that represent you. God, you've given us hope, God. The hope that comes in your grace that you, oh God, have provided for us. Lord, we thank you, God, that, Lord, if we're obedient and we're holy, God, we can be victorious in this life. So I pray today, God, for all those who joined with us today, God, who, who may, God, be, be waving in one of these areas and may be weak in one of these areas, God, that they will begin to, to seek you, God, to be strengthened so they can run this race with endurance to the end, not in their own strength, but in the strength that comes from on high. Jesus' name. Listen, if you are watching today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I do want to extend an opportunity for you to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. On this Palm Sunday, it'll be a great day leading right up to Easter Sunday that you give your life to Jesus today. And so if that's you today, I, I want to invite you to join me in this prayer. And after that, I want you to just to, to click on the button, let us know you made a decision so we can contact you and come alongside of you and to help you as you can begin to walk in your new life. So if you would do this, if you repeat this after me, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. I believe that you are my savior, that you died on the cross and on the third day you rose because you got up, I can get up out of my life of sin. Forgive me for all of my sins. Cleanse me. Blot out all of my transgressions, all of my iniquities. Make me the new creation that you said I can be in your word, where the old is gone and the new has come. Lord, I thank you today for saving me. You are my Lord and Savior. It's just that simple. And if you made that prayer today, let us know. Let us know, text in. You can even communicate even on Facebook Live right now. Let us know that you made a decision or on our webpage so we can come alongside of you and help you take next steps in your new life. Listen, God bless you this week, this holy week, this passion week, as we focus in on Christ. Last days on the earth, most important days on the earth where he was headed to redeem us back. God bless you today. Continue to stay encouraged. Continue to know that God is your refuge and your strength. He is your help in your time of need today. God bless you today. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.